1: Last week, President Trump announced his plan to reopen the country, setting guidelines for states to ease social distancing measures as soon as possible. But in order to do that, health experts say the country would need a robust testing system to contain future outbreaks.
2: We've tested about 1% of the U.S. population at this point, which is not enough by the standards of, like, any public health person that we've talked to.
1: Chris Weaver covers healthcare. What are the stakes of what would happen if we aren't able to get the amount of testing that the country needs?
2: Well, I think it's straightforward. I think the stakes are that if we cannot adequately test patients and monitor for outbreaks, then there will be more of them. And people will start to get sick and spread the virus again without ever being detected until it's too late to uh, recognize cases, isolate those people and protect the folks that they might spread it to, some of whom inevitably will die.
1: But the U.S. has faced delays and shortages and confusing chains of command that mean we're nowhere near the number of tests that experts think we need to reopen the country. Today on the show, why the U.S. still doesn't have enough tests. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, April 21st. The Trump administration has had a hard time getting enough coronavirus tests for everyone in the U.S. who needs one. But a few weeks ago, the administration got some good news. — A company called Abbott Laboratories had developed a new test that could get results in about five to 15 minutes. That's much faster than most conventional tests, which can take five hours or more.
3: They were just excited about this idea of a very quick test. I think that's what drew the White House to Abbott. And I think Abbott was simply one of the first companies to approach the White House and say that they had this kind of test ready.
1: Rebecca Ballhouse covers the White House.
3: So after the FDA clears this device to be used on coronavirus testing, the White House calls up Abbott pretty soon after that and asks for one of the machines. There happens to be a machine that's at an Abbott office in Washington, and an Abbott employee actually ends up walking it over to the White House, according to people familiar with the situation.
1: Not long after that employee walked the device over to the White House, the Trump administration presented it at a press conference. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. It's March 30th
3: in the Rose Garden.
0: Very comfortable here. A lot of room.
3: And we're now used to going there, the White House briefing room, every single day. And the president this time has a prop with him. First of all, the numbers have been incredible on testing. But in the days ahead, we're going to go even faster. And we have something from Abbott Labs, which is right here. And that's a five-minute test. It's this little sort of toaster-sized medical testing device. It's white. It looks very sleek. And I maybe can show that as we listen And Trump to takes it, unpacks it out of the box. And what he was saying this Abbott Labs machine would be able to do was deliver results quickly and says that this is basically the latest advance in how the administration is going to fight coronavirus.
1: The device basically works like this. A doctor or nurse takes a swab of mucus from a sick person and then puts that sample into the machine along with a single-use cartridge that contains all the chemicals and other materials that are needed to conduct the test. And then, about 15 minutes later, they get the results. At the press conference in the Rose Garden, the administration announced that it would be sending about 800 of these machines to states...
3: The day that he unveiled this product was the same day as he was celebrating the one millionth American that had been tested for the virus. And what the president was kind of suggesting that day was that the administration had now gotten its arms around this problem. And that, yes, testing had been an issue, but that it wasn't the case anymore. We have built an incredible system to the fact, where we have now done more tests than any other country in the world. And now the technology is really booming. And I think as we have seen in the weeks since, that's certainly not the case, that it's been fixed.
1: Turns out, the rollout of this device had a few problems. For one thing, yes, it's great that it can spit out results in 15 minutes. But it can only do one test at a time. Those other systems that take five hours, many can do almost 100 tests at a time. So over the course of a day, those conventional systems can deliver far more results— On top of that, at least one lab gave their devices back to Abbott after finding that it didn't get accurate results unless you put the sample into the machine immediately, maybe even right at the person's bedside, which creates logistical challenges. The last issue, and quite possibly the most important one, is that the cartridges needed to run the test are in short supply. What state
3: officials quickly begin to realize once they start getting these devices is that they don't have the number of cartridges that they need to make sure that the machines can actually be used. So we saw in some cases, health officials tried shopping for the cartridges online. In some cases, they try through Abbott, but for the most part, they find that none are immediately available.
1: Have your sources said anything to you about whether or not the White House was anticipating this as a possible issue, this cartridge shortage?
3: So our understanding is that This issue of sort of a cartridge that's complicated to build is kind of too granular. The government just typically would not be asking at that level of detail what a company might need. But in this case, that was maybe the most important factor in rolling out these testing kits was making sure that they were actually going to be able to
1: be used on this large scale. And they're not. An Abbott spokesperson says the company has distributed about 600,000 cartridges for the machines, and that the company has been, quote, clear from the outset on what we could initially provide. The supply shortages that are affecting the Abbott test are just the tip of the iceberg. In fact, just about every type of test that the U.S. is trying to build right now is suffering from the same kind of problem. Supply shortages are a major reason why tests are so hard to come by. Coronavirus tests aren't simple products. They require chemicals and lots of components. And one of the first shortages that a lab might run into is the very first item that you need to conduct the test, a swab. And we're not talking about any run-of-the-mill Q-tip. Here's Chris.
2: You don't swab the outer rim of a nostril to get a good specimen for these tests. You have to swab, like, the farthest, deepest recess of somebody's nose And it turned out that the manufacturer that supplies 75 to 80% of the U.S. supply of these swabs is a company called Copan Diagnostics that happens to be headquartered in northern Italy, Hmm. which, of course, was unbelievably hard hit by the virus even before the epidemic became a catastrophe here in the United States. And that created massive supply chain issues for getting access to this particular kind of swab.
1: And it could take a long time for those swabs to arrive. One laboratory supplier
2: uh, yeah, sent me an invoice to kind of demonstrate the depth of the problem that he is facing. And he had ordered from one of the nation's biggest private medical supply distributors an order uh, I think, $13,000 worth of uh, swabs. And he ordered them on March thirteenth, 2020. And as of last week, they were... Back ordered until May 18th, according to the supplier.
1: That's about a two-month wait for the one item that a lab needs to start the testing process. That laboratory supplier was able to find some swabs elsewhere, but even for labs that do have enough swabs, there are other supply chain snags just like it. One lab director that Chris spoke to couldn't get something that sounds really simple, the lid that covers a test sample as it goes through the machine. It's called a tip comb.
2: He got the plates, but the order for tip combs was not filled at all. So he's got plates, but with no lids, which you effectively need to complete the testing process. So it's an example of the way that as you move downstream, sort of solving the individual supply chain problems, there's always kind of another one around the corner in this, like, many layered process.
1: These supply chain problems seriously reduce a lab's ability to run tests. That lab with the missing lids? They told Chris that depending on the day, they've been operating at only 10 to 30% of their capacity...
2: And if you kind of multiply that across the whole country, it's like actually we might have the laboratorians and the infrastructure to do perhaps way more tests than we need, maybe three times what we're seeing now. But the reality is that other kinks in the supply chain are throttling that such that we're still maybe not yet halfway to where we've got to be to be able to do enough testing to confidently resume normal life. Every lab is sort of scrambling to try to find the supplies that it needs, and sometimes they're kind of locked in competition with one another, which is not always productive, right? Because you have situations where maybe somebody's got plenty of reagent and not enough swabs, and other times where it's vice versa. And the coordination to kind of optimize capacity just isn't clearly there, and a lot of these companies are sort of fending for themselves trying to navigate this very difficult marketplace.
1: One player that could help fix that marketplace is the federal government. But that's where labs are hitting another issue. That's after the break.
0: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. Hiring with Indeed, your search is over. With over 350 million global monthly visitors and candidate-matching technology, Indeed helps you find quality candidates fast. As a listener of this show, Indeed is giving you a £100-sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash thejournalpod. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome back. In early March, President Trump promised that testing wouldn't be an issue in the U.S.
0: us Anybody that wants a test can get a test. That's I, what I would
1: but throughout the month, FDA officials told Chris, it was becoming clear that this was not the case. They were hearing about those problems with supply chains, with swabs and plates. And even though they didn't have the authority, these FDA officials started trying to fix things themselves.
2: They had initiated this sort of ad hoc effort just to try to keep tabs on what the supply availability is and who's got what so they could try to give at least some guidance to laboratories, but they haven't got the authority to make anybody do anything different than they already are. They haven't Hmm. got the authority to make companies produce more material or sell more of it in the states.
1: The question of who did have authority to coordinate testing didn't always have a straightforward answer. At first, it was the Secretary of Human Health and Services, Alex Azar. We see Azar is running the task force in the beginning.
3: Towards the end of February, the president announces that the vice president is going to start leading the federal response, and Pence starts leading this task force. Then in early to mid-March, so I think on March 11th, the president asks his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, to get involved particularly to focus on this idea of the government coordinating with the private sector. The next day, the administration appoints a testing coordinator. He's an assistant secretary
1: at HHS. His name is Admiral Brett Chiroir. It was Admiral Chiroir who coordinated the rollout of that Abbott device. Chiroir is still responsible for test coordination. When labs hit a snag in the supply chain, he's the person in charge. And he's got a big task ahead of him. To return to normal, Giroir told Chris last week that testing will need to become a lot more robust. He
2: told us, and I think this is the first time an official in the administration has really sort of put a figure on what the necessary testing capacity is, that he believed that we needed to be able to do between six and seven million tests a month to return to some semblance of normalcy, where people are going back to work and things like that, and we're still able to keep the disease in check.
1: But a day after talking with Chris, Admiral Giroir revised his estimate down. At a press conference, he said the country would need just 4.5 million tests per month to return to normal. Many public health experts still think that this is vastly underestimated. Some say that to fully reopen, the U.S. may need 20 million tests per day. And his labs are still scrambling to even hit Giroir's lower target— Giroir hasn't always been able to get them what they need.
2: I saw one email between a doctor making an inquiry on behalf of a lab he was working with that was uh, at risk of running out of PCR plates, these plastic trays that hold the specimens during testing, to Admiral Giroir. And Admiral Giroir's response was that there is zero probability we can help with plates. You know, he says that they are focused on swabs, that they're preparing to deliver swabs.
1: As Giroir works to procure testing supplies, the rest of the administration appears to be backing away from helping with tests at all. On Friday, President Trump said that he views testing as the responsibility of the states and that the federal government, if anything, can play a supporting role.
3: The governors are responsible for testing, and I hope they're going to be able to use this tremendous amount of available capacity that we have we've seen him talk about how this is something that the states need to be handling. So his messaging has just entirely shifted from the federal government is working on this and here's all the ways in which we're improving testing to now as recently as uh, Friday saying, you know, it's up to the states to figure out how to do this.
1: Over the weekend, Giroir struck a different note. He said that the federal government is still helping with tests and is, quote, not relinquishing our system to the states.
2: I think it sort of speaks to this disconnect between the frontline officials who are attempting to address these issues and perhaps the tenor that's coming from the higher ups in the administration at the White House, for instance, where you've got some health department officials who are fighting evidently pretty hard to try to tackle a really far-reaching problem while at the same time leaders of the federal government at a higher echelon are kind of downplaying both the need for this level of testing and, frankly, the government's appropriate role in it.
1: According to White House advisors, Trump has asked aides to come up with responses to the crisis that give him enough flexibility to deflect blame for shortcomings while still taking credit for successes.
3: So I think a big part of him moving the responsibility for testing to the states is just that he's sick of being blamed for this issue Mm -hmm. and that he wants the credit for the country being able to reopen, but he doesn't want to take any of the blame for if they do that badly Mm -hmm. or if it doesn't go well. This administration sort of from the start has been set up in such a way that it doesn't always deal with policy issues on a really specific detail well. I mean, it's much more geared towards these daily announcements. And what can we say at today's press briefing that's going to sound good and uh, be sort of buzzy? And the Abbott device, I think, certainly fell into that category in terms of them saying now everybody can get tested really quickly, but it didn't pan out. I think coronavirus is really the first crisis for this administration that is not going away and that every American cares about. And I think we've seen them improve on the testing issue, but I think that they got started late and I think that they're just still playing catch up.
1: That's all for today, Tuesday, April 21st. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, please give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.